to the Father on our behalf. So when we as believers, what happens when we get weary and tired and when we don't understand what God's doing and we feel like we've been knocked down, we need to be reminded by verse 33 here that Jesus Christ gives us peace. And what's great about that is no matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad the suffering is, you need to take courage. Why? Because Jesus won. He experienced victory. One of the things, as you age and you become more a devout believer and closer a disciple of Jesus, you should realize you should want more of Him and less of the world. The things of this world should mean less and less and less. What this does, this puts Christianity in perspective. You know, there's a saying, um, have you ever heard that old saying? Um, it's just like a drop in the bucket. You know, when you go, uh, I was reading the newspaper, I think there's a brand new, the most expensive restaurant is coming to Lexington, uh, I guess later, later in April, and it's called uh, Jeff Ruby's, I think that's the name, and you, uh, you look at the menu, everything's $100, and it's outrageous uh, how much it's going to cost. And then if you had, uh, I guess if money grew on trees, you could just say, well, it's just money. It's just a drop in the bucket. Well, we know that's not the case. But some people live and think everything's just like a drop in the bucket. Do you know where that comes from? That comes from the Bible. That comes from Isaiah 40, 15. When J God declared to Isaiah, look, the nations are like a drop in the bucket, meaning our entire world told the Lord, it's just a drop in the bucket. It's just a whole nation. I own it all. There's no expense to him. It does not cost him anything. Well, what Jesus is doing right here in this entire passage here in John chapter 16, he's putting Christianity in perspective like a drop in the bucket. And his message is what he's saying to us. And our takeaway, what you want to get from this, is here's what he's saying to you and I. You know, being a Christian is going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. In fact, making a commitment to pray for one person, you're going to be tempted to forget. Some of you already forgot from last week. I just reminded you you're supposed to be praying for your person. You just start praying right now for that person. And it's hard. There's other things that, that, that try to pull your attention away. But Jesus is saying, yeah, it's going to be hard, but you don't need to worry because why? I've conquered the world. It's a drop in the bucket. As believers, we have the assurance of Jesus Christ in our life. We have, we have a Savior who has experienced victory. We as believers, no matter how dark our days get here in the U.S. or in the world, or how evil our culture becomes, Jesus says, don't worry. I have conquered the world. The victory rests in the Lord. We have to always remember our world is a sinful, fallen world. Satan is the ruler. He, the, the Bible calls it in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 the princip principalities of the air, meaning he just it's, it's sin abounds everywhere. The same old sins are here or there. Nothing changes. But the question for us, what we're going to answer this morning, is okay, it's a drop in the bucket. How do you keep going? How do you as a believer keep moving forward, keep staying strong, keep staying committed amidst 
really tough times amidst trouble, amidst suffering, as the Bible says. How do you stay courageous when there's so many other things that can knock you down? All right, I'm going to give you the answer. Flip in your Bibles, last section we're going to look at. Everybody turn here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, pull your pew Bible out. And look at this here. This is what we call Paul's thorn in the flesh. Now, Paul, he is considered the greatest missionary ever to live. Now, remember Paul's conversion. Paul, he was someone who killed people. He oversaw the stoning of Stephen. Stephen was the first deacon, and he got killed. Tonight, we're going to ordain Raphael Jubin as a deacon. We have deacon ordination tonight after basketball. It's at 6 o'clock. Now, now, what if we, Raphael's going to come forward, he'll share his testimony, we'll lay our hands over him, we'll pray over him. Now, in the Bible, Stephen was the first deacon, and he got stones thrown at him, he was killed. Would we, Ray, our chairman deacons, would we have a lot of deacons if part of the sign-up and the initiation says, we want you to be a deacon, but we want you to know most likely you're going you're gonna to die? Do we ask those type of questions? Do we, is it a sign-up and a commitment to serve unto death? <laughs> we, we asked the minister, hey, it's just a one-hour meeting, and we just hope you come. That wasn't the standard in the Bible. Paul, the greatest missionary ever, he, he watched this man and proved to him getting stoned. And then he went up to Damascus, and he was headed north from Jerusalem to Damascus. You know why he was going up there? He was going up there to kill Christians. Jesus appeared to him, and he had what we call the Damascus Road experience. And he gave his life to Christ. Jesus looked at him and said, Paul, or he was called Saul back then, God renamed him. Saul, Saul, why are you stoning me? What are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? And he was blinded. And a man, he went on Damascus, and he got saved. Someone led him to the Lord, Simon the Tanner. That's what it means to have a born-again experience. He was confronted with the gospel. So this man we're talking about, he, 29% of the New Testament he wrote. He took the gospel to Europe. He took it to Rome. He took the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. But what's so powerful about Paul, what we're going to see here, is he had a handicap. He had a challenge. And we're going to read about this. He kind of he kind of opens up right here. He makes himself vulnerable at this point. So I want you to look here in your Bibles. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This was his struggle. So our goal for us is what is our struggle? What are you suffering with? What is you, what's, what's causing you to be weary? Because it, it's going to be for everyone. Every one of us has something that's a drain on our life. And this was Paul's right here. Look here in your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6. For if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I would be telling the truth. But I will spare you so that no one can credit me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me. Especially because the extraordinary revelations. The revelations are God giving him scripture and Jesus appearing to him. God has spoken and worked miracles through Paul. Now we have to remember, who is Paul? He was a Pharisee. He was someone 
who was very well educated. He would have a PhD today. Yet he's gotten saved. And look what's happened here. Therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me, so I would not exalt myself. We're going to come back and talk about that. But he said to me, this is Jesus speaking, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore I will gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me, so I can take pleasure in weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties. For the sake of Christ, for when I am weak, then I am strong. What powerful words Paul wrote there. Some of his best scripture he's written that God told him. Look here at verse 7. Latter part of verse 7. A messenger from Satan was given to him. He calls it a thorn in his flesh. The purpose of this was to torment him so he would not exalt himself. The question we're going to ask, what is this thorn in his What is this messenger from Satan that Paul has received? Now, we do not know. The Bible does not tell us. We know Paul from other scripture passages, other books he wrote. He had poor eyesight. He possibly had a limp. He could have been suffering from depression. He could have had, felt he had a demon. He could have had an addiction. We have no idea what this thorn in his flesh is. But Paul struggled with this. And what happened with Paul is he says, because I could have been cocky and arrogant, I could have had this attitude as I've arrived spiritually. I I received this thorn in my flesh to humble me and to keep me close to the Lord. Now you say, what is he talking about? He could have become exalted and boastful. I believe in many ways we're very similar to this. Some of us here today, and I'm actually speaking myself, I can identify with Paul. Guys, I grew up in church. It's not like some of you. I grew up in a fine Baptist church. I always came to Sunday school. Always was in church. Went to all these youth camps and stuff that Zach announced as I was there. I got to college. I was, did the same things. Go to Christian school. Then you serve. You start getting involved. You start preaching. You start teaching. And there gets to be a sense when you've been in church a long time, when you've heard every sermon preached, when you've been there, done that, there gets to be this temptation. You know what? I've read the whole Bible, which I have. I know many of you have read it many times. A cockiness can come in. Because you live, this, you live in a sinful culture, and you look at that, and you're tempted to think, these poor souls out here, they just, they're going to hell and they don't even realize it. Bless their hearts. You know, I'm glad I don't make these same old mistakes. I'm glad I'm mature enough that I don't get tripped up with these type of simple habitual sins. And there is, as you age in arrogance can grow, the sin of pride, listen Broadway, because I'm there, a sin, the sin of pride can swell up in your heart. And you think, do I even need to go to Sunday school? Do I even need to come to worship anymore? 
Do I need to come to Bible study and participate in these church-wide campaigns? I, I already pray for lost people. I pray every day. And what happens is, you don't realize it, but you can become boastful inside of yourself spiritually, and no one ever knows. Do you know, Paul, this man, he knew his Bible. He was someone who was well-educated, and he had been there and done that, grew up in church. One of the most dangerous points that you and I can arrive spiritually is that the Holy Spirit can no longer teach us. We lose our teachable spirit. And that comes from both become a prideful man, a boastful woman. A sense of arrogance grows in your heart. When you sit in the pews and you think, what does this boy have to say? What can he teach me? What can I learn from Sunday school? I've already arrived. When you get at that point, you don't realize it, but you are on a free fall spiritually. You are declining. You have grown weary, and according to Paul, God gave him a thorn in his flesh to prevent him from getting that way. Listen, for the Christian, our sins might not be external anymore. We're not, we're not at bars, and hopefully we're not bars, and we're clubbing or doing any of these things to go on. Our sins are internal. It's an attitude. It's an arrogance. It's pride. The devil might not get you on the outside, but he's going to get you on the inside. You can destroy your life spiritually by what we call respectable sins. Respectable sins are sins that only you and Jesus know about. And that is what Paul, I believe, he's talking about here. He has this thorn in his flesh. We don't know what, he's we, we, we don't know what it is, but this is a man who was very respected, very educated, and all of a sudden, he has this thorn. And he's, and he's reminded by God, and his words in red in your Bible, in verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. What that means is, when we are weak, when we are struggling, when we are just having tough times, that should be when we fall to our knees and say, Lord, I need you even more. I am in a dark season, dark days in my life. Problems at home, problems with the family, problems of finances. And your only hope is the Lord. You can't get out of it by yourself. There's no hope. Paul is experiencing this. Verse 10, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Listen, Broadway Baptist Church, do you ever ask God to weaken you? What that means is that means to be broken. That means all of a sudden, say, Lord, point out my sins. Lord, do I have bad attitudes? Have, do I have an anger problem? Am I selfish? Have I become a prideful, arrogant person? Do I want attention? What do we expect from thorns? Look up here on the screen. This is what thorns do to us. Thorns will come, and they're going to come to you. If you're a believer, you're going to have some thorns. They bring glory to God. That's the purpose of a thorn. It is to humble you so that you are completely dependent upon him. I want to exp explain what a thorn is. A thorn for some of us might be a, maybe you have a you have a habitual sin that you're just struggling with. 
And you need the Lord to, 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 to take it away. It might be lust. It might be pornography. You're just, God, I'm giving you this sin because I'm not perfect. It might be an internal sin no one knows about. <clears throat> and it forces you to become dependent and ask forgiveness continually from the Lord. Number two, thorns are given from God. They protect us from pride. One of our greatest challenges as believers is we, when, as we mature, we will drift and become prideful people. It's what happened to Paul. It can happen to you and I. And this protects us from doing that. And thirdly and finally here, what do thorns do for the Christian? The best is yet to come. We are reminded that as great as this world is, our home is in heaven. We have a priest sitting next to God, and he's up there. And our goal, what we see from these two passages, what God is speaking to you and I, is that Jesus is telling us, you're going to have a hard time. There's going to be suffering, yet he gives us peace. And then we see Paul saying, here's what happened. Here's my suffering, what it looked like for me. I was giving a thorn. I had habitual struggles that forced me to be dependent and become, re to become reliant upon the Lord. What is causing you? What is forcing you to be dependent and bring glory to God? Listen, you don't have time to turn there, but Galatians 2.20. Paul wrote, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Do you know what he meant when he said that? In order to live, you must die to sin. What that means is you take your old sinful ways, and you're putting them to death. Whatever that looks like in your life, you're saying, I'm not going to walk into this temptation. For some of you, if you have a very addictive personality, there's some things you have to solely avoid. You can't even go there because you know you start going down that road that you'll be on the express lane very quickly. If you, In order to live, you have to die to self. Selfishness corrupts us. Selfishness, it's antithetical to the gospel because it's saying, Lord, I want what I want. Do you know what God wants? Do you know God's will for people? God wants people saved. He wants people to come to know Him. He wants His children, us, praying and crying out, says, Lord, save the people in our city. Save my family members who are not here. Lord, save my children and my grandchildren who are just in open rebellion against the Lord. Do you not share this past Wednesday? Uh, you know, we have a, uh, a middle schooler, Elizabeth, who's here, and she's going into uh, 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 Jesse Clark Middle School. I think of a school, we have, you know, a bunch of schools you have to figure out which one they go to. And you go there, and they gave out, we went to training on Monday night. Or Sherry sent me to training on Monday night, so I went there. I shared this on Wednesday night, Wednesday night Bible study. And because this is the world we live in, <coughs> We go there into training, and we get a list of all the clubs. And there's one Christian club, or maybe two Christian clubs. And the rest of them, or a lot of them are sports clubs, but there are clubs there. I'm not going to tell you what they're called. We're going to put down school. But some of the clubs there are exactly the opposite of what the Scriptures say. When, the, when it's called the Pride Club, and it's the Rainbow Club, and children go there in 6th through 8th grade, and the parents are, Christian parents are looking at that. 
And that goes exactly against what Romans chapter 1 says for human sexuality. We have to remember, we live in a sinful world. And children go off to to schools where they're learning. They're not learning the Bible there. They're not learning how to be a born-again believer. They're probably learning the opposite of that. And we we have a God in heaven. And His sole purpose isn't for children to learn math and to science and to learn how to learn their English and get a great job. His purpose is for children and for this generation coming up for them to know His Son. Jesus, God's passion and desire is for us to tell other people about the Lord. This week, did you, were you serious about this? Did you pray for one person to get saved? Did you look for an opportunity at work or among your neighbors or your family to create a gospel conversation. Listen, church, the Bible tells us. Jesus said it's going to be hard. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be persecution. If the world hated Jesus, he said, it's going to hate you. You're sending your children, your grandchildren. They have to view school as a mission field. They have to view themselves. They're going about sheep among wolves. Guys, this is the message and what Jesus is trying to teach us today. And the question for this, how do you keep going? How do you keep going when we have a devil that wants to destroy you and your family? And we're going to close here. How do you keep going? You keep going when you're grounded in this book. If you are not grounded in God and God's word, if you are not completely sold out to Jesus, you will fall. Your family members will fall. Your church will fall. Listen, we want to be a church at Broadway Baptist. Whether you come to Sunday school, you're hearing about Jesus. If you come to worship service, the choir singing about Jesus. And you have a preacher that's preaching about Jesus. Your life should be pointing to Him. He's in heaven as our intercessor, our high priest, waiting for us to cry out to Him. So that's what we're about to do at this point. So I want you to pull out your little card. If you did not make your commitment last week, I'm going to invite you to come forward and do that. So we're going to do that at this time. If you have your card and you know someone you need to pray for at this point, I want to invite you to come forward and you're placing your card at this point. And once we're done with that, I'm going to invite some of our women in our church. We're going to lay hands. We're going to pray over these names. We're giving these names to God.
invite Miss Cheryl Bill, you come forward. Um, I'm going to invite um, any of our, uh, any women or your invite to come down at this point. We're going to lay hands over this. I'll invite some of our ladies to come forward. We're going to lay hands over this. We probably have several hundred names over the past couple Sundays in here. These are people who do not know the Lord, and we're going to pray for their salvation. I've asked Miss Cheryl Bill to come lead us in that prayer. So I'm going to invite all the ladies to come forward if you want to. We're going to lay our hands on here. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we bring you our one. Really, your one, Lord. And we feel that this person does not know you, does not feel your presence, have not given their soul and their life to you. Lord, we ask that you make the need for you known in their life. And Lord, as it's scary as it is for us, we ask that if we are to sow the seed or we are to reap, if we are to be the one that is the witness to go to that person and speak with them, Lord, that you would give us the wisdom, the courage, the words, the environment to let them know who you are and to let them accept you. Lord, we're just so thankful that you've written these names in our hearts, and in doing so, we need to be able to step forward. Today, Lord, I thank you for what you did for me yesterday. I am thankful for what you do for me today, and I am so thankful for what you will do for me tomorrow. In your precious son's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ms. Cheryl, for doing that. We have given these names here to God. I want to encourage you this entire month of April to be taking that prayer, God. And if you don't have one, find one at the end of the service. I want you to be praying for your one. We're praying for that person to come know Jesus. We close every single worship service with an invitation. This is an invitation to respond to what Jesus has done in your life. I'll be standing down front. This is your time to do business with God. So let's stand together, and we're going to sing, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. <laughs>